0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Losing the Plot. I'm your host Leo Robertson and for every episode I have a conversation with a new person, they're often a writer, they don't have to be, they can be any kind of an artist really, um but I will have enjoyed their work and so I want to talk to them and we talk about their work, we talk about life, we talk about anything and everything, We lose the plot together, hence the title of the show. We start, as always, with the latest news from Aphotic Realm. So Aphotic Realm now has its own Patreon page. uh, And you can become a patron where, for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to Aphotic Realm's story archive. That's a whole bunch of digital stories that they uh, will make available to you through their website. You'll get early access to episodes of losing the plot to any uh, videos that they produce and other kind of multimedia material. You can vote on future magazines, uh, like the what's the theme going to be, you can also vote on anthology themes and you'll get a shout out in all future Aphotic Realm magazines and anthologies. These are collector items that will have your name in them for just a dollar a month. Should you wish to upgrade to three dollars a month, you will get all of that plus digital downloads of all the books that Aphotic Realm puts out that is such as uh, the Tales from the Realm, that's their, uh, that was the anthology of best stories from year one. There's Grim Dark Grimoires Volume 1, that's an anthology of grim dark stories edited by A.A. Medina, that's going to be a series so you'll be able to get more of those I'm assuming. And you will also get the latest anthology, which is an anthology of Appalachian Horror, edited by Bo Chapel. And that's the second piece of news that I have here. Uh, let me tell you about this anthology of Appalachian horror. The woods have many secrets, but rooting them has its consequences. Take a trip through America's backyard with eight strange and sinister tales of Appalachia. So once again, that's edited by Chapel. It features stories uh, from eight different, uh, some established, some up and coming uh, horror authors. Do check that out.
1: I wrote this thing. I hope. Let's
0: talk about it, yeah. Let's lose track. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Talking to Leo. And- This episode, we have two return guests. They are Zach A. Ferguson and S.C. Burke. Uh, They've both been on the podcast before. They've never both been on the podcast at once. And I kind of feel that what is a good idea to do with the podcast now that it's over at Ephotic Realm is give you uh, a sample of what, you know, the podcast at its best, uh, the people I associate with it the most. And uh, I think that both of these guys uh, are, you know, The kind of chat that we have is a great example of what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing with this podcast when it's at its best. So both Zach Ferguson and S.C. Burke, they're both writers, they're both uh, published with Nihilism Revised, which is a kind of artistic collective uh, thing that was created by S.C. Burke and seems to have taken off of its own accord, although he puts an enormous amount of work into it, as does Zach. Uh, They both put an enormous amount of work into their books. Uh, which are crazy, transgressive, experimental, um, really unlike anything else that's being published now. Uh, I think that's undeniable. Um, S.C. Burke's latest book is Saren Beggar, which he's going to tell us about. It's a collection of works which dates back all the way from when he was 19, uh, which Zach calculates as 19 years ago, um, <laughs> which is almost correct. And uh, Zach himself is uh, an author. His latest book is A Taste of Feeling. Uh, I've got a copy. It's, uh, I mean, all Nihilism Revised books are really beautiful objects. There's so much love put into them and there's really nothing else like it out there. Uh, Regardless of the great work that they're doing with Nihilism Revised, I think that, you know, both of them are very reliable sources for interesting, uh, insightful conversation about writing, publishing, the creative process about being a human in general, Um, and so that's what we did. I had originally set up this chat to involve MR Tapia, who is another author. He couldn't make it at the last minute, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, I should also point out that this roundtable chat with uh, myself, Tapia, Zach, and Essie was all Zach's idea, and I think it was a great idea, and I think we will set it up to involve MR Tapia at a later date. Um, to give you that but I wanted to go ahead with the chat because I knew it would be uh, insightful and some good content for you listeners Um, so one final thing from me before we get started if you're a reader writer editor listener uh, person of any variety who wants to tell me something about the podcast who wants to be on the show who wants to suggest a guest you can always get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you as always Uh, but let's go ahead and start the conversation with Zach Ferguson and S.C. Burke. Hiya. Hello. How are you doing? How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm good.
2: Hello. Hey. (laughs) Oh, you lovely, beautiful gents. How's it going? Yeah, I'm pretty good over here. How's it going over there? Dick, it's
0: uh, it's like midnight here in uh, in Stavanger, and I just took a nap, so I'm ready
2: to go. Oh, <laughs> right.
1: I'm ready to go. I've just had a lovely nap. I'm blurry-eyed.
2: I've, I've taken my uppers, and I'm ready to rock and roll. So, uh uh-huh. <laughs> I, I went the opposite direction. <laughs>
1: No, I didn't nap. I just stuffed my face full of nachos. I've got a runny nose, so the whole comment about ruined uppers now makes it
2: sound like I've done a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, sure.
1: that's always
2: your excuse. We'll, we'll just put it in there, all right? Just put it in. Don't
1: edit it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dear.
1: We're going to join in just to make you feel all right now. Oh, good. <laughs> so
0: yeah so what what's what's been going on what you guys been up to
1: nothing
2: i'll uh, i'll let zach go first sure i'll let i'll let him entice us with his his personal perversions
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> what have i been doing uh, the usual the norm um existing um being on my best behavior uh, writing. That's, good. that's the full we extent.
2: Need, that's what we need, you on your best behavior. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Keep me away from Facebook. That's right. I'm all I'm I'm enlightened. I, I've seen the light now.
2: We'll take your fucking thingies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> take the Facebook fingers away. Leave that's the right. regular writing ones.
2: Um I'm, I'm good boy, good boy. I don't know what I'd do without you on Facebook
1: to be honest. That's going to be your famous last words, Stephen. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Two hours later, why the fuck have I got like twenty people saying that you're carjacking in America, Zach?
0: (laughs) Have you been getting in trouble?
1: No, it's been peaceful. You know what? Since you, um, since you really do, you realise if you your, your focus, if you just get rid of the app for a month or a week even a couple of days there's no inundation there's no like a subliminal need that kick i need to go on facebook i need to see what everyone's doing and it it just takes so much time out of not just your writing but life in general Mm. and uh it's uh, uh the only reason i'm on my best behavior is because it's just like once you've wiped your hands of like certain like um and it isn't certain individuals. It's just wipe your hands of a certain way of handling things. If you put yourself in the line of fire all the fucking time, you're gonna get fucking caught. You're gonna get shot. So uh, take yourself, just take yourself off <laughs> into the horizon. Just fuck off. Just go away. Just disappear. Just don't put yourself into that position. Um, don't be opinionated. Don't don't have a personality. Oh. Oh come on! Don't be opinionated. Oh come on! Oh come on! Don't don't have an opinion. Don't 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 <laughs> you don't you get on your high horse, you British prick.
0: <laughs> well, let let me tell you what you missed on Facebook. Absolutely nothing. Nobody was doing anything. Oh
2: um, man, what a shocker! <laughs> what a shocker. You oh know, my friend God. Tom on MySpace was telling me all about Facebook and what's been going on. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, a, I had a nice break from Facebook recently and came back uh, Came back to the, the plethora of, of, it seemed uh, a continuation of, of the string, it, just, it, it kept going. So I, I don't feel like I missed too much. Um, and in my time that I was gone, I, I got to uh, build mm-hmm. myself a lovely little collection, uh, exactly. which I now get to recover from. You know, it's like a, a traumatic beating from, from my own book. And so... I took to Facebook to find friends and uh, found out that I, I was a few less. It's like every minute you're not on Facebook, they're now in your, your suggested friends pile. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or, in, or, or or in my case, they're in your message requests, basically just asking, just basically asking you, hey man, why have you deleted me for like the twentieth time?
2: Uh, i tried to delete my facebook for 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 a while and i think that's what it was emails emails what the fuck happened buddy where'd you go did you die i think that was just me
1: (laughs) (laughs) probably I was. I oh. did send. I did send loads of loads and loads of emails to your um, directly to your email because you 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 just went you just went offline. But this is this is how this is, this is how like in you know I'm in adoration of you. If you're gone offline for an hour, I'm like you're sex girlfriend. I'm like, where are you? What are
2: you <laughs> Well, little, I'm just fluffing my ego with you. That's all I do. <laughs> I know if I starve you long enough, or my ego to like fluffed and you know that's how that's actually how I create that's how I write books is i, I fueled on on the ego you give me
1: oh bless you that's not health <laughs> that's not healthy but i just go with it this is a terrible start to a podcast we're,
2: <laughs> we're just rambling on about nothing what was, what, was, what was the question that's the whole what, have we, what
1: have we been doing <laughs> Well, I get it. Oh, There you go. Well, you 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 wrote the collection, you compiled it, you then had a mental breakdown over it. So um, I think we we're, like, he, we're here for you. We're here. I don't
2: I don't I don't know how about you guys, but is it not a mental breakdown after every release? I I don't know. What? So especially with Serenberger, I don't know. It was real personal. There was a lot of stuff throughout the years. Yeah. Clearing out that, that clearing out that personal blockage and. Trying to path, you know, create a new path of, of, you know, creating new material.
0: So, like, how many how many years of your input is in there? Like, how how long have you been collecting stuff for this,
2: knowingly or unknowingly? Um, I'm not intentionally collecting it for this, but uh, it has stuff dating back to when I was 19. So uh, I'm 33 now. I don't know what the math is on that. I don't do numbers, but um. It's about 19 years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's it's not a plethora. Close of stuff, enough. But I, I tried to find a sort of. Uh, uh, I tried to find that the holes that would create a sort of like tapestry where I could weave a tapestry that all the pieces didn't necessarily stand alone. While well, they can stand alone, but if you read the entire piece as one, it kind of. Uh, it, it might operate as a, a canopy narrative as well. And in the end it kind of uh just to me it struck me as a spiritual sibling to the weird. And the weird the weird was similar in a lot of ways. Uh, uh transgressions in, in in experimental forms in different different ways, but uh there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of of that kind of, like, grow into it.
1: It is very much it is a very much a, a companion piece, but what I I'm finding reading it. Usually when reading your stuff I'm very I'm very much able to um we we're talking about we always talk about this like that reading experience. It's entertainment, but then there's parts where you really delve in deep. I'm usually able when reading your work, I go in full, I, I pick it apart, I analyse it and I can the whole experience, the whole analysis, it's there as one thing. Whereas the weirdest, uh, we're writers who basically write in vignettes in a lot of ways, but everything is always, you know, symbiotically, symbolically, uh, it, it, it coheres to some form of continuity. It is able to be weaved together. But what I'm finding with this is they they stand as isolated pieces and they need to be read aloud they really need to be read aloud and i actually since i was a child i found myself reading it's like a monologue it's like it is and this is where it gets into the personal thing you can feel it's from the deep recesses it is your history splayed out and it's something that needs to be vocally like extorted and i haven't even finished it yet which i'm kind of like beating myself up about but the thing is it it, it, it's dense and it, it, it's that emotion and granted coming out of releasing a book like this, you're always going to have that. Oh fuck. I think I've revealed a bit too much. You know, it's like picking at a scab and you're like, you're revealing things to yourself that, you know, in hindsight, maybe I don't want to do, but I've said this, I said this to you before. I believe that the whole reason you're feeling this way after a release is because it's essential to the reading experience. If people read this and they, they do garner some faction of uh, a semblance of, re- of realization of fuck, this is really deep. There's something, there's connotations here. It feels very personal. If they can emote on that fucking level, that, that's the meaning of this book, this collection. What you went into compiling it all, the ultimate meaning of it it's there solidified in that reading experience and that's what I'm that's what I'm finding with it so um aside from my biasness where I'm giving you a hand job virtually right now (laughs) um no it's something that I think it's a it is a spiritual companion to a lot of what you do but it's also a lot of cleansing and of of and as you said it's not just a cleansing of history um past, present, uh current emotions, it's a cleansing of the, the uh the machinations that comes with transgressive experimentalism. this is almost a final this is what I have to say on this on this type of writing at the moment. this is what I have to say, this is what I have to feel and it's given me self it's given my it's given me space to give myself room to evolve because that's our ultimate aim as writers, isn't it? We don't really want to be like, A one trick pony even though inherently i say this all the time i can't get away from experimental transgressiveness i can't i can't i try to write something linear and i i I just have to typographically fuck with it whether or not that's lazy writing it's up to um those who read it (laughs) yeah
2: that's that's a perfect way to put that uh because yeah
1: i i there's there's
2: an extent where where you do feel like is this lazy writing am i am i incapable of telling a narrative and and things like that and kind of uh what you know what i hope to do is put that put that work to to bed for a little bit put the experimentalism and not necessarily i don't want to say the transgressions it's hard not to transgress it's hard not mm. to feel in' amount as a writer but uh to sort of put away the the esoteric nature and and, and take a step to the side and start playing with uh, uh things like narrative and story and and building it into into other other avenues of storytelling that, that aren't just uh, 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 personal transgressions that, that are inviting a certain uh, amount of people in, into your into your mind. Whoever whoever chooses to go down that rabbit hole, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome to me about that that experience. But there's not a whole lot of people. That like the esoteric nature. I mean, there is, but then then there isn't, and you start to feel lonely as as a storyteller. You start to feel like some of your stories aren't being uh, uh, told in the way that you want to be. You want to tell them. You know, going over the work and o- over the years, I started to realize there's, there's, I, I, I've transgressed in a lot of ways. I've experimented in all these ways, but one thing I I haven't done is I haven't gotten to the heart of what I want to do with words. And, and, and that is to sort of become a wordsmith, to to be able to do whatever I want to do. And that means if I want to be able to, to experiment and transgress, or if I want to be able to tell a story, you know, you kind of want to, you want to encompass all that, you know. You don't want to just, like you said, you don't want to be pigeonholed or become a, a one-note, uh, sing-song act that you know people just tune into and say, okay, that's what you do. Uh, no, you want to, you want to grow. You want to evolve. And I know we we personally have talked about this. And I know with uh, Leo uh, reading your books, you, you're more in tune with uh, telling that story, you know, getting down that the linear beats that are that, that really uh, uh, encapsulate your readers. And I'm curious to, to to hear what you have to say about that. You know, um, it, you know, in your works, do you do you experiment? Uh, do you uh, go in there and, and, and really try to mess with things, or or is form um, something that's really important in your writing?
0: Oh, um, thank you for the question, and I do want to talk to you about some things that you brought up as well. But I think that um, when I first started uh writing i think I, I was younger and kind of felt uh well i i was interested in experimental forms i think because i thought um it just it just looked more interesting on the page or it was it was just weird and i thought that maybe linear storytelling was over and like but i think that that was because of a lack of subtlety in my part i think i couldn't really understand you know i, I think the way it works is okay there are certain principles in writing and you should follow them unless you have good reason not to. It just happens to be that there are many, many good reasons not to follow conventional form, but I will, I'm happy to use it if, if that's what I need to do. And it is my standard. I think that, um, uh, the way it's progressed for me over time is that I was, I used to be more experimental and I used to be more personal and now I am less experimental and less personal. Cause I think that I've told all the personal things that I want to tell. And I have, just um more i don't know it's just more fun for me to follow new ideas have feeling now that i've told all the stuff about my own life that i have to tell right. at least for the moment and
2: uh yeah, yeah. yeah to but... touch on your most recent uh uh jesus of scumburg mm-hmm. that uh, that you know that book you really felt it and and i and i talked to the i speak to the nature of the form because the fact that it's structured and the fact that you took the time to, to really put in the technical aspects there to tell the story. It makes everything more effective. It makes things when you feel them, you really do feel them. And, the, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, on, on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, that's kind of what I guess Zach and, and, and myself, we try to do in experimentalism is really try to get to the, the, vis- the raw visceral way of getting emotions or making the reader feel what you're feeling um but you know you've managed to do that with you know the the technical prowess that that is kind of opposite of the the wily just fuck it mentality that comes with some of the works that i know i've put out recently
0: hmm i i i I have a, a great respect for for your writing and really for anything if it's done well and if there's a good reason for it um i think that uh, if you're taking Jesus of Scumberg as an example, um, or just my mentality towards writing is that if you structure something in story form, it typically is the thing that generates the most meaning. And uh, what I'm interested in in writing is how to generate the most meaning, I suppose, you know in the densest amount of words. I think in Jesus of scumberg it's kind of semi-story-based in in the kind of way that I think I'm saying, look, I could do a story if I wanted to. I just don't really feel yeah. like it. So I'm like, there, there's elements of story thrown in there just so that yeah, just yeah. to show a reader that I know how to use them if I felt like doing so. But I think that with that story, um, it, it's about meaninglessness. So it has to be chaotic in that respect. I think that the world of that story is in line with what it's trying to tell and I think that if you're if the writing of both of you is very much about raw emotion then it doesn't need a structure and I think that there's there's a place for all kinds of writing and it sounds like you've chosen the kind of structure that's or, or lack thereof that's appropriate to what you're trying to write about
1: that's a perfect
2: way of putting it i'm just sitting here i'm just
1: just sitting here smiling nodding i've been realizing i'm not in the same room as you fellas (laughs) (laughs) so you're probably probably thinking oh my god this is really rare zach is uh keeping quiet but i'm sitting there just enjoying it no the thing with i'm always beholden and uh, i i love storytellers who have the capability to apply tradition traditionalist um uh, structures traditionalist ways, and you know, it's like you, you can say that, and it's like, what, what is traditionalist? I mean, in linear, meaning the real force of it comes from uh, narration through different character perspectives, the overall <laughs> summation through good storytelling. And with Jesus of Scumberg, what I really got out of it was it has a story it, it was a traditional flow but it had this beautiful balance and infusion of transgressive panache cultural analysis and it felt like an experimental piece without playing into the archetypes that experimentalism you know is uh is known for the the the, the higgledy-piggledy like you've just described it leo as it's a meaningless story but it's chaotic but the thing is this the chaos it The way I can't describe it, but it's this—it's this traditionalist feeling, but you infused it with sensibilities that you know. I always read a book and it's—I always find some form of esoteric, uh, 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 esoteric esoteric-like nature of it or symbology. But what I read there was—it was a chaotic but still astute satire analysis whilst also being a real traditional read where it wasn't inundated by what experimental pieces can do, the fuck up on the page, the the unconventional ways that sometimes experimentalists do lay too heavily upon like with eat your keyboard what we did with eat your keyboard is left some people in fucking utter shock and you know got <laughs> to therapy because <laughs> the way steven and i kind of decided upon having that book formatted it did send one reader into a, a complete dark pit where he kept getting hold of Stephen and me going i don't get it i don't get it is this am i missing something am i hmm. missing something and it's like No, this is the effect I want to have upon you. Whereas with a book like Jesus or Scumberg, it can have that effect. But it's not as, uh, you know, alienating. There's a form of cohesion and acceptability. And that's what I find when I say traditionalist writing. Where sto- That's where I think a storyteller is their strongest, is where they can take the traditional, you know, mechanisms, what you learn 101, but also infuse it with something that you've learned and taken from yourself. We all make our own rules when writing. We all have our own way. And the whole thing with literature with me is it's it's creating your own reality. It is creating your own reality, but whilst doing it, trying to supply it with something that you think that an audience might be interested in. But when I say traditionalist, it's very much of the thing of... Even mainstream writers out there aren't traditionalists, you know, like your common Stephen King, everybody else, all these big names. I wouldn't call them traditionalists themselves, but there's a traditionalism in writing where everything is it's acceptable and it's comfortable, whilst also applying those like harrowing, you know, effective moments. Whereas I think experimentalism inherently is there to provoke something it's always a provoking nature it's always it's it's always it needs to affect you but not in a storytelling basis it's all about atmospherics it's all about emotion it's all about really going into the tapestry and you know cellular levels of uh, how to experience a read but i think uh, you you share this as well stephen but it's you get to a point where it is that is there? There's a place for this in my heart. There's a place for in S. C. Burke's heart, Stephen's heart, or whoever reads us hearts. But in the overall picture, in my own heart, is it is it is it necessary to continue pushing on? Because I feel like this this uh, escalation, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm still transgressing. But it's just a hodgepodge of different dissected uh, vignettes, and it's it's almost uh, Fight Club esque, like someone's intersplicing something that shouldn't be in there. And uh, I get to the point where I want to be able to sit down and tell a um, couple of type story where I know where I'm going to go because I, I never know where I'm going to go with a book with a piece I, I don't I never do or I imbue myself with that delusion that I do but as soon as I start typing it, I, I just basically break the rules that I set in place so I, I'm at a place where I want to focus on growing like you I want to like like Stephen said I want to be a wordsmith I want to have the capability to sit down and you know make my point known, but through narrative devices instead of um a grand, almost magic display that, you know, experimentalism does offer. Mm. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I think that's that's a very good summary and I th- I mean I no matter how long you'd been writing for, you'd always be saying, okay, cool, I want to do something different next time. But I I think um one uh comment I would have to this idea of structuring is I think that like, when I was when I was younger and I would read kind of traditional stories, I would think about them, but this isn't how life works. Life doesn't mm. work in this set of things and people don't learn things in this order and you don't, you don't like th- th- this, like uh, falsified structure of events isn't how you, you, you structure reality. But I think as I've grown up, um, I feel like it's, it's. I don't know it's it's one interpretation of life is this like narrow stream of events and it's the most useful one because I think people do learn and grow and I think they do so by ordering events in the past although it is perhaps an artificial uh, ordering of events but I feel like if you're not doing that I don't see how else you are learning and growing so i feel like it has application even though before in the past i was like this is all bullshit (laughs) and and (laughs) and there there is no order but what what i do want to ask um and steven you you mentioned that you felt like a lonely storyteller and that um
2: you know is audience important to you um to be honest i gotta say no as offensive as that is good um, boy uh, you know, for whoever might, you know, take offense to that, but no, I don't really care about audience. Uh, there's devices I, that I, I'm, uh, that I put in or that I input into, into the work that I guess would be for the audience, you know? Um, but at the same time, I uh, no, I don't care too much about the audience. I, 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 it's just that I leave my work there, at least with the, the works that I've done. I leave the work there like a, like an open port, you know, to the, to the mind, you know, if you want to pour it into, into my subconscious, in, into my head, you know, here it is, um, more so with my most, with, with Serenbanger, those were really personal works. Uh, and when I wrote them, they weren't written for an audience whatsoever. They were more so, uh, therapeutic pieces within, you know, when I was dealing with sickness, uh, and with sickness came side effects, like insomnia, sleeplessness, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And I was just writing things in, in the heat of the moment to get emotions out, to get words out of my, my brain. And so with this piece, when I put it together, I, I almost felt like I, it was like I, like I told Zach, it was a dear diary piece that I almost felt like should have probably stayed in the file folder and not been published. Mm-hmm. But there was a part of me that needed there was a creative value put into it. But uh, in the past, writing, you know, it cancer and writing the weird uh, uh, it cancer was was if the audience is reading, uh, uh, it, it, let me tell you, your your subconscious, your ego, your ego doesn't matter. It's all about the the creative subconscious, this cancer of creation, and sort of, you know, I, I was hoping that there would be people that read it as a sort of um, It's a statement of my creativity uh, more than anything. And then from that point on, I could go forward no longer speaking to the audience. And in in It Cancer is the only piece I've actually done an introduction where uh, I speak on behalf of of what I'm doing. And I feel like that should canopy everything that I create after that. So after It Cancer, I sort of stopped speaking to the audience and sort of just started being as visceral and raw with myself and then trying to expose all the things that I wanted to expose, uh, with the weird, it was a lot of, uh, societal transgressions, uh, um, you know, universal, uh, uh humanity issues. A- and with, uh, Sarenberger, it was more so the, the personal transgressions that I have, I've gone through personal sufferings that I've gone through, not, not anything that anybody else has gone through, mm-hmm. but just me, me personally. So, so audience and, uh, in that, in those, in those works don't really matter, but I, I kind of hope that I get to a point where not that the audience matters, but that there is an audience that can start to, uh, agree with what I'm doing. And you can sort of get, get people on board that want to, to want to read the stories that you're telling and, and, you know. Mm -hmm. that way i i don't i don't ever want to be creatively bound by anything uh let alone uh uh, one individual two individuals a dozen individuals however many that's always my goal in creating whatever i do is to never have any boundaries that
1: control what i'm i'm doing what i'm able to do dictate it yeah like that that, that, the, the thing of uh even within the boundaries within the independent press it's uh, you find with small presses they there's a great pitch who's your target market and uh, i think we we're, we're at a place as independent publishers and writers where we go anyone and anything anyone who wants to read it it's like if you set yourself those guidelines to adhere to you're conforming to a an ideal that, you know, it's, it's alien by nature, you know, it, it's conformity for the sake of it. And who who does this, who does this make what what does this make you feel comfortable when a lot of small presses try to apply this? Um, I know that they want to like imbue their press with this, uh, oh we're the place of horror or we're the place of this genre or we specialize in weird fiction i know that you need a label you need a genre you need to specialize in something but i don't like the rule where it comes into that you come into the world of independent publishing and people feel ostracized and alienated to a point that when you're coming and approaching publishers And you're like, okay, I've got this story. They're like, who's your target market? And you're like, dude, we can't think like that. It's like, if you have the money to push my book so it can actually reach that target market, okay, I can start thinking like that. And I think a lot of uh, small presses and writers really do. They, They struggle because there's this identity. You want an identity. You want a place and purpose when what you should really be doing is um just splurging on the page you shouldn't be uh beholden to this imaginary audience and ego is such a huge thing about it and I think it's um I think that's where a lot of our our writing and especially our experimental pieces it really it puts people in a place you know where it's like question how not just how literature is consumed but also how it's marketed and how it's put out and you know nihilism revised is not a traditional press or never will be but at the end of the day it isn't a publication house it's a place for Mm. you you bloody rebel you're right. No, I'm not all right. No one likes my writing. Well, come here. We'll give you a blanket, a cup of coffee, and we'll let you use the printer type thing. It's like come into the basement and we'll make this book and we'll shove this out. And you know whether or not people want to read it, it's up to them. And it's it's that mind frame of not just target market, target. It's a, it's a market. We have a market, young man. Like the producer in tracksuit bottoms and chomping a cigar. A lot of fucking independent. A lot of independent publishers take them they take that guise upon themselves and it's just like it's not helping you progress as a publication house or as an artist yourself mm. don't be beholden by a select minority just spread your wings and that's where experimentalism with us and me comes in because there is that freedom and it's, it always delves into that that super ego and it's a, it's that case of i'm of the same mind frame I, I don't write for an audience there is a there is sometimes this real like um, existential crisis of Am I trying to entertain that third person? Am I actually projecting myself, placing myself as a reader and going, what will Zach like? But then again, you can't always do that. And that's when, in the end, true art dictates itself. And that's, that's a lesson I've learned from you, Stephen, most of all. And it's it, it doesn't just change you as an artist, it changes you as an individual, how you approach people, approach social situations. And it is life-altering. And I think... I'm of the same boat. I say all the time, I write to please Stephen. And it has come to that degree where I want to see what... Because we have this thing where... It's not we're one up in each other, but it's that it's that, that 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 symbiosis. That's our relationship. Of I want to see what you've got next. I want to see what will motivate me from you. When I read the weird, I was like, "Motherfucker, you absolute motherfucker!" And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do something of this ilk. And then the taste of feeling existed.
0: Like I, I think what's really good about uh, the expectation that a publishing house should find its genre and everything is you're saying that this is what you're supposed to do, but th- people have. Uh, you know disregarded the hidden uh, the underpinning reason that people do that which is they want money in an audience if you don't want those things you don't have to do those things and then you get to reap the benefits of not chasing those things which is yeah. <laughs> like the, the the chaotic art I think that's really brilliant and I think that um, when it comes to like what, people, like what people have told me to do with my writing if I ever get a compliment it's never if I ever get a compliment it doesn't doesn't sound like what I was doing. It sounds like what the person wants me to do in future. Like I,
1: that that is that's very interesting because when talking about Jesus of Scumberg, hmm. I, I, this is the thing. I feel that my sensibilities and my my perception of it, you can imbue your own expectation in your own weird, mismanaged, maligned, fucked up mentality and apply it to that book. So probably everything I've said about Jesus of Scumberg, you're probably sitting there going no no it doesn't well the thing is
0: no i I think the thing is that you i understand have you know you're a great reader and a great writer and you have you know you have i i trust i wouldn't go that far (laughs) (laughs) but i trust that i trust your reaction to it and i know that you share it with me because you know you you're, you're passionate about the piece and that's i i love it for that you know i i think that the best reactions i get to my writing are not glowing reviews but if somebody gets in contact with me like they send me a private message and they confess something to me that i think has nothing to do with what i wrote that's when i really feel like i've done something great because then i kind of go right I, 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 you got something from this that i don't even that i didn't notice was there and you felt compelled to share it with me because you obviously thought that i did something so open that i'm somebody that you can trust with this weird secret that you're telling me
2: it's i it's a, i understand that sentiment completely uh especially Especially when you, extort, well, I don't run nihilism revised. That's a it's a weird way to put that. I'm, I'm, you're a pub, you're a
1: publisher, <laughs> big boy. Pull your I, have hazardlies, hazardlies, I have I no. Don't have give me that leave. shit. No, don't give me this shit. Uh, you need to do your due diligence. You're a public uh, figure, Stephen. Sort <laughs> yourself out. I irresponsibly
2: put put books out into the world. <laughs>
1: um, and having,
2: having that role, uh, you get a lot of people who, who do, they, they tend to, they tend to write, write you things that, that tend to, they cater to what you, they think you want to hear mm-hmm. or, um, and then, or like you said, they, they tend to open up a little too much. And, um, that's where I, I, I've experienced the most trouble in, 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 in my publishing, uh, not really a fucking career, but my run. Uh, as uh, in publishing is, uh, you know, I the, when when people start getting personal uh, and, and opening up to the, to certain secrets and getting too personal, mm-hmm. uh, is when is when things kind of get a little dangerous in terms of uh, you, I don't know if I want to be here and I don't know if I want to be a part of this conversation. Mm. This is where I, I kind of want the distance between audience. And me, mm. and that sort of ambiguity, you know, that that whole factor. And so I tend to, I, I, I've, I've sort of switched to an approach that's just more straightforward. And when I, when, and in dealing with those, I, I, I like that ambiguity, that that mysterious nature that you leave between reader and writer, because, uh, you know, it, like you said, they when they get real personal. They start to tell tell you things that are maybe, you know. I'm not in a position to do a, a, a back and forth conversation with this person. This like, you know, this person needs to see a therapist or mm. you know, talk talk to somebody that's a little bit more personal to them, maybe. But definitely not me as a stranger because you you read something in, in my work and understood it as this, and I speak to that because a lot of people have read the weird. And as a a knee-jerk reaction to the weird and and its content, because it is dangerous content, uh, it attracted dangerous individuals Mm. under the guise of writers. Yes, Mm. they did write material. They wrote... In some instances, good, some instances, they wrote good material, and, and it was dangerous material, but they were very dangerous people themselves in, in what they wanted to do with their writing mm. and, and some of the things that they would talk to talk about or reveal. You find
1: yourself kind of being too personal, and then so when, when things... I think if, the relationship between us, I think, going into it, So to interrupt, it really was... It was a decompartmentalization process, wasn't it? It took a while to go, I can't supply the nature of my relationship that me and Zach have into every one of these individuals because mm. just, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I think exactly. our, our relationship is, is not born from... It was never, ever publisher, writer. It was friends. It was a union. It was a symbiosis. Mm-hmm. And you are my friend who is who is doing me a solid by publishing my work. And I think going into that and when there was an interest and a real push to get more works out, it is that thing of, Damn, people are interested in seeing my design, seeing what I can do as a creator, as a producer to help see their product go into. And I think there was that deep, that, 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 that utter dedication. You're like, I'm trying, I'm trying so fucking hard to give over what I seem to do for Zach. And there was a long time running where it was that realisation, I think, with both of us where we went, we can't imbue what we, what we have between ourselves to these individuals, because at the end of the day, the be-all, end-all, all they actually secretly want is a book to be released, They just want that one hit, wonder satisfaction, And it is in their right to do it. But it came to a point where we said, we're not about that. And then that's when the whole hypocrisy and the bureaucracy and the diplomacy comes in where everyone, the the naysayers say, well, you need to run it like a publisher. (laughs) But this isn't about being publishing. This isn't about we're not in it for the money. This is not about money. This isn't about audience. This isn't about reviews. It's about... You know the greatest achievement in life seeing something informed the beauty of a book, and that is your child and someone has helped you and guided you and created that with you and mm. it was just it just gets so mired and you apply different things It's a very emotional experience when at the end of the day, there has to be that disconnect
2: yeah, it's like a reverberation factor where you say you 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 speak to people and you tell them you want them to be free. You want them to expand, and then the reverberation comes from a gunshot and it starts to come back. You know, mm-hmm. the re- reverberation starts to, to ring back in on you. And and in some circumstances in our past, uh, uh, realize that that people want us to sort of aid them in manufacturing their hate. And when when that when things get a little too personal. It, it, it takes you're no longer an artist you're no longer in it for the creation or the artistry you, you're, you're you're doing other things that you're definitely not certified to do in a lot of instances i know on your behalf zach you were almost uh playing therapist for, for certain people who mm. were not i, I don't want to say that we were publishing just artists that we knew uh, writers that we knew you were almost playing therapists and these people were speaking about Things that were so weighty that it that it was almost like you know i 'm not certified i'm not qualified hmm. to really help I, I you need help and i and i 'm just a human. I could talk to you as a human, but some of this stuff it's like man, this is heavy stuff, and then you're respo- they 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 hold you responsible or mm-hmm. or hold the person responsible, and that 's where it's like it's hard to be professional. It's hard to be personal. You're walking that fine line and and yeah, it just really... It's it muddies, it, it
1: muddies the waters so much that it just takes the fucking life out of all of it. It, it got to an extent that, it's not going to name names, I don't even think this guy exists anymore, but there's this one gentleman, and he was so engaging, and he was the type of individual, he, he appeared out of nowhere, he brought all of Nihilism Revised Books, he was talking to me on a level that, you know, and you get suckered in, you get almost... They tell you what you want to hear. And we're all we're all emotive. We're all about pushing ourselves as individuals. And then this individual is exposing himself to such a degree that I can't give you the, the, the solace. I can't give you consolation. I am just a human. I have no bearing on your life. And this one individual opened himself so rawly that he almost turned. He did. He turned on me on a dime because I didn't either react the way he wanted. I wasn't. I wasn't the uh, shoulder that he anticipated. And then all of a sudden, from being best friends, a great support, uh, I get rumours that he's 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 he's, he's r- running and en- nihilism revising into the ground. He's getting other people on side, and it it's just it gets so fucking ugly and so quickly. And you think you're doing your you you think you're doing well on your behalf, not just as a creator, but as a human being, and then these people just turn on you on a dime, and it it takes so much out of it, and that's when I kind of just decided that I don't want to be this muse, I don't want to, because I don't have any stakes in uh, the editing within Nihilism Revised, but I was very much the philosophical editor, like you say, There was a lot of writers that I spent almost a good year massaging building up and then they they once they've used you they drop you from a great height and there's no solidarity and that you think that you have these relationships and there's something pure and sacred and you know it's never going to live up to me and my uh steven so you know what mm. everyone else can fuck off me and you against the world
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's i i think that you know it's a lot of this has to do with the internet of course i think it's just but it's it's something you can't beat it's just too big and I think that if you're if you're an open artistic type on the internet like the just these horrible manipulative people are just rubbing their hands like okay. oh, I'm gonna use you so like you you it like you naive little idiot who enjoys life I'm gonna make <laughs> you regret that there's like you, you it is it, it's, mm. it's not a it's not a clever place to announce yourself as exactly. as somebody who is open-hearted and enjoying themselves. It's not. It's, you, you can't. You should be hiding. You know. It's not. It, but I. I think we all fall into that trap. I certainly have. Like. like not, I'm too uh, sincere. <laughs> yeah. Well. It, um. That's great. You should continue to be so. It just. It's just. It, it's very difficult to. Um. Th- there. I think there is a core self that you can just maintain over time, no matter what happens to you. But it does you you unfortunately have to put the guards up but not because not because you've done anything wrong just because of the nature of the way the, the world works i think like um yeah. when i was talking about my own art and, and when people get in touch with me with their stories it was like it, it was only appropriate stuff that i liked from people that i'd like was vaguely friends with before at least in some capacity online and it just kind of them having re- read my book pushed our friendship a bit to the next level it wasn't like they mm. were oversharing but certainly like when i was
1: that's natural isn't it Mm. that's such a natural thing that is that is real that's that's where the solidarity comes they're not getting hold of you because they want something out of you they don't want to gain by telling you what you want to hear this is something that's you know hey i really i really got something from this and it builds that is where friendships grow from and that is so natural but because of the way the internet is it, it it makes it does make you a pessimist, especially if you've been on the bad receiving end. And I think age comes into it a lot. I'm only twenty-four. I'm naive as fuck. um yeah. I, I do. I tear my heart out from my chest and I like, offer it to them. Like, please sup on me. Sup mm. on me. Taste, taste my blood. Mm-hmm. And then if they bite
2: you, can't talk to me about when I was twenty-four. So we're gonna no, we won't talk about what we were doing when we were twenty-four. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> you like, won't who who didn't
0: do that at that? That's what that age is for, so don't like, don't beat yourself up because of your age. Like, um, I remember there was this guy at work who just like started telling me that he wanted to have an affair. I like just told me this on a walk home, and I was like, "Wow, oh, that?
1: Yes, I had that." Yeah, right.
0: And then um, I, I was just like, "Wow, why are you telling me this?" And he was like, "I, I don't know. You're just so open." And but then I thought, I thought um, how wonderful that is because this guy is obviously telling me because he like. He he's like he adre- he understands that this is a problem and doesn't want to do it. But then that guy, like, every few months would check in with me and gradually ended up having an affair and I think was just using me as a sounding board for yeah. he was just waiting for me to Well, he he was excusing himself at me, and I think he was just going to Keep, like until I turned on him and it was like what I was like what the fuck are you doing like I obviously don't approve of this this is bad behavior this has never worked out in the history of anyone ever doing this like it's life has never gotten better as a result of your behavior and then he shut the fuck up
2: but that's, it it wasn't that's the perfect metaphor though for for hmm. a lot of a lot of what we've gone through I hmm. know for for Zach and I at least but it's a perfect metaphor is exactly that that knee jerk reaction of where people lean on you and they lean on you and then it's not really for anything other than they're going to do what they're going to do you know yeah but you know you're kind of there and they implicate you in the responsibility in ways and i know to to roll back to some of the things said you know uh there's a certain awareness on my behalf uh you know I, I, I wasn't sure going into this year if nihilism revised was going to continue to be a thing in the, in the capacity it, it was or to be a thing at all uh, because of of, of uh, a lot of things, a lot of the growing pains throughout last year and a lot of realities towards uh, 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 reflecting on, on me as, as an artist myself. But uh, realizing uh, having a sort of a, not really an epiphany, but just realizing what really matters when. When going into what what you're doing with individuals and and, and writers and artists and 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 those those conversations, and it goes back to uh, you you know the friendships you make. It's like you know, what, what we've been talking about when you, when you start talking to people and the friendship grows, and oftentimes through literature, uh, you know, people read your stuff and, and or you, you know you sort of grow in a friendship through these individuals and then there you feel comfortable you know that and then you feel comfortable with them and so when it's like hey how about working together on a project it's not really like you're a publisher and i'm a writer and i need you you I, we need each other and i need you that sort of mentality no it's 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 more of hey we're friends you're in a position to do this and you know let's work together And, and Lately, a lot of the the people I've been working with are publishers themselves. They can they can go out and put their book out themselves. Or they could they can have all the control in the world, but it's it's the pleasure of working with another publisher and and just having that friendly, passionate relationship. So the pessimism doesn't always have to be there. Uh, trying to turn this conversation in the up up. up upward so we're not all doom and gloom but there there doesn't have to be pure pessimism that comes from from these experiences but more so a a, a, a sort of prolonged period of reflection that leads you to believe okay there there was a lot of positives in those negative moments and what were they and it's the you know the people that you worked with that that really are passionate about what they do and it's not about uh, uh, you know, trying to get something from somebody, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very equal, uh, trade-off, you know, it's a very friendly trade-off and going into that this year, you know, I, I've been able to, to be incredibly happy, uh, in what I'm doing. Nothing has been stressful. Nothing has been, uh, as heavy. And, and I'm sure a lot of it is, is, due to the the learning curve that came with last year and, and doing so many books that came out last year and uh, learning how to work with all those those amazing authors that that we did put out last year. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, okay, now I know what I what what it's gonna take. I know the awareness. I know I, I know what what what's those people who are just trying to use i know what they look like you know i'm more wary towards them mm-hmm. you know what when, when you get that random email or that random message that just immediately jumps into a, trying to you know publish my publish my my words publish my book it's really you know there's people that are very forceful about it and uh you know i've i've been fortunate to be able to sort of pull back mentally and uh, perceptively and look at everything and and see what really matters and and embrace that and and go forward with that because a lot of that pessimism and that negativity almost made me want to stop doing what I was doing in the role of pleasure because first and foremost I want to write I'm a writer I want to create I want to be an artist I don't want to be sitting around uh, uh, pouring time and and painless effort or not painless painful effort into books that i don't care about and and waste all this time doing that when i could be making my own books and fortunately i i have wasted you know all the people that that were there to waste the time weeded themselves out they never got published they 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 their their true selves really showed and, and they they were able to you know excuse themselves to the you know excuse themselves left stage for a period of time. It, the attraction of all that negativity really made me second guess what it was we were doing. I wasn't in the mentality that I think maybe a lot of independent publishers are in, which is they want to be in that role. And this one, it's not to say I don't want to be in this role because I, I very much enjoy making books and all that and, and collaborating. I love it, but it's not the, it's not my, my, my main prowess. It's not my sole prowess. And, and it's not my driving force in what I want to do in this world. It's more secondary to, to the rutting. So they really took that special sort of co- coaxing to, to, say, okay, let's go forward. Let's, let's continue with nihilism or eyes. Let's continue doing what we do uh, and, and just try to do, do it and do it better, you know? And, but, uh, and, and that's just, you know, continue forward with our heads down and keep doing what we're going to do. Don't take the criticisms, uh, uh, that clearly aren't true. You know, you, you know, you know when the criticism ag- against you are true or not.
1: Hmm.
0: As you know, like something very tragic happened in my own life. And like when, when I, when I knew other people knew about it and they would act exactly the same to me as if like nothing had happened at all. I was like, well, I can't take the, like, you're a dick, but I can't take it personally. Because there's right. nothing, there's nothing <laughs> I can do to stop you being a dick. Like it's just, <laughs> I just happen to be in your line of fire. I could be anyone to you, you know. So, but it, it, it's <laughs> dicks gonna be dicks. You know, it's, it's not your fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: dicks are
0: dicks. Dicks are dicks. It's it's not your fault. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them around. And it's um exactly. It's like it's, you said,
2: the internet's a big place. You can't you can't fight the internet.
0: You can't it's beat tough. it. You can't. I, I think like if you're if you're, if you're squ-
1: fighting it all the time, you're just always going to lose, and I think that's the, the greatest learning curve. It's just just don't fight it, but also don't try and work with it. Well, I love
0: the there, there was an analogy I heard about, um, like alcoholics don't drink because they're like you don't you don't get in the ring with alcohol because it's too strong, you can't beat it. Like you'll you'll take it and it'll ruin you. I think that the internet is exactly the same. It's just so vast that no human could take it in. It's just that mm. you know. I understand how that gets confusing with the the vision of your press and with your art and the boundaryless art and the the blurring the persona with the art and and what is acceptable on the page and what is in life. I think those are wonderful, fascinating things to explore, but they're they're incredibly dangerous things to explore on a forum yes. like the internet. Um, but yes. you know, please keep doing it if you can. You know, in whatever way yeah. you can.
1: The internet is one of the most um, complex uh it's it's uh, the social experience it, it is like this social networking no it is a test of your social skills and ones that i do not have so i do not really want to try and partake and what i'm using now as facebook is just to do what i did ages ago is i used it just to post my reviews post a couple of links i don't need to let them know i don't need to let the world know every minute little thing of what i'm feeling and i think that was a great problem especially if you're within a community Well, i know on my behalf
2: i um I, I don't i don't ever make facebook posts unless it's sharing some somebody, somebody else's artwork or uh promoting promoting stuff and by and large, I know that's because uh, I'm an asshole. You know, behind the scenes, <laughs> but I am an asshole, and it's best best to just keep the words to myself. Whatever I say is probably going to be misconstrued, and you know enough people at home and around me tell me I'm an asshole to know that you know uh, it's just better if I just you know
1: promote, do no. some positive things, no. and not be a, not be a social you, asshole. No, you you were far from an asshole. <laughs> No. Do not don't put yourself down, darling. Leo, tell him. Tell him.
0: Oh, you're you're both wonderful human beings. Of course, I only talk to wonderful human beings. No, <laughs> that's that's,
1: that's
0: a rule I made for my thirties. That's why oh, I rarely no. I rarely leave the house. Just hang out here and Skype cool people. Wouldn't that be lovely?
2: <laughs>
0: well, that's life,
2: right there. I think so. You know, I think so. A life, a life of discussion and
1: conversation. That is our life, really, isn't it, Stephen? That is our life within each other. It's just like Leo. Just Leo's, Leo's been
2: the first person to say, let's open the door and get, get let's get us all together. You know, Leo's been the first one to say, let's, well, you know, let's all get together because technically, I think if we could just open the, the door to conversation to everybody that was uh, uh, intrigued to, to have a conversation, it would be the greatest thing ever. Leo, did do you did, was this all one question? Was this all spurred off one question? <laughs>
0: I can't remember. What was was there a question? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Great podcast. Yeah, just Philly <laughs> well, losing the plug for sure.
1: This is the plug, this sure. is whole, this is whole appeal. This is what I love. It's genuine conversation. It's not. It's not strategized. It's not. Hey, I'm going to interview you. You're going to push your book. It's just us talking amongst us. All all ladies of the night talking amongst ourselves
0: yeah no it's a really it's a really rewarding thing like i had to i wanted to take a break from it and come back to remember what it was i was what it was i was trying to do because i got to the point where i was just putting them out once a week and then the goal was just put out a chat once a week and i forgot why i was having them although Hmm. um i think uh like towards the end of the year it just it all felt crazy yeah, towards the end of the year, it all just felt really vital to um to document everything that was going on, and then to find like it was amazing when I talked to both of you guys, and I talked to um Sam Richard, and I talked to people who'd gone through you know various different yes years. Yeah. yeah that was like an Sam incredible Richard's, thing. But it, awesome
2: it just a beautiful individual, beautiful man.
0: Yeah, it, that that was a really wonderful and meaningful thing to document. But it was it was so intense as well. I was like, I just need you
1: know? to. It was a uh, like you saying like I I I I needed to document this. I also I on a deep intrinsic level I wanted to communicate with more people who 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 know who know each stage of the development of grief that I am going through. But then also that is a natural you know a, a human thing to do. But also I think it was also you said I do need to take a break because you get into that strategized thing of. I'm going to dedicate so much time. I'm going to line up things. I'm going to talk to these people. I'm going to record it. I'm going to post it out. And it's just it's just nice to, you know, just to say, you know what, I I, I deserve a break. I need a break. And even if it's a couple of days or it's a week, it's always something that it's very healthy to impose upon yourself. Like Stephen had, like, like fucking hell, two years worth of me just telling him to stop, like, just stop, just mm. stop. Please, just stop. Hey, hey, guess what? My uh, my chest just exploded. Well, stop. <laughs> no, no, no. I got to get this book out. Fuck. My chest exploded again. Well, can you just fucking stop? No, no, no. I got to get this book out. Well, where are you? Well, I'm having a stent put in. Well, what's your priority? Oh, I'm going to get this book out. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you stop? No. Uh... <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't you fucking lie. <laughs>
2: I paused. I paused. Um, (laughs) I don't remember which book. uh, It was Ben Arzai. A few books I was working on, but the book, yes, Ben Arzay. I was very passionate about what I was doing at the time. And what's going on? I was personally kind of uh, devastated that that I had to set the release date back because I had a heart attack. But I wasn't going to let the heart attack let me push the release date back too far. So... I, I put it in pausing distance, but no, I, I didn't, I didn't stop. And I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't I still don't think I've stopped. No, no. Uh, it's safe to say I might have an addiction to the, the book building process, the, the cover building, the, I don't know. There's something about building books that, that I love doing, but it's just, it's. I don't, it's, it wouldn't be it, a hobby if it wasn't something I, I did in this capacity. It's just something you, I, I love
1: to do. Do you feel like you're getting it back into the, but the I think there's a great great distinction now of it's, it, you love doing it, you enjoy doing it, but it's not this obsessive composure to do it out of a, um, Oh, out of um this need this feel but something as a as a, a progressive thing in the end it was this is a healing thing i do love i do love doing this and it was basically about you falling in love with that uh methodology again really i think
2: yeah i had to definitely fall in love with it again there was i don't remember how many books we put out last year Almost 30. Revives, but wow. uh uh it was a lot it was uh, it was a marathon run. Um, something that it was a task I knew was going to be big when I started it and, and took on each writer. But at the same time, it was something that I, I, I wanted to try to push the limits of, of what I could do, see, see what the limit is. You know, uh, we hmm. had, nihilism revised was year two. We had just done strange behaviors and, um, submissions, uh, for, for books came in. And, it, and at first it was, it was overwhelming in the sense that, people cared, you know, I didn't think anybody would ever care Mm. and people cared and they wanted to be a part of some, be a part of it, be a part of something, but be a part of Nihilism Revised specifically. And that meant so much to me that, uh, and, and, and every, every submission was from a talented author and and each piece appealed to, to, to me in a special Mm. way. And, uh, in each piece appealed to, to me creatively uh in terms of design as well so it was like i I had seen all these projects that like started to bloom inside my 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 brain and i i just it was hard to say no and so i I took it all on as a task task that i knew was uh, gigantic and was going to be hard to do but never did i think at that at the end of the year that that it would i would have two heart attacks and, and and life would put me on my knees to say hey stop for a second and it was hard to accept that when when people were saying stop and and so I didn't want to stop I wanted to keep doing it but uh I definitely had to re-strategize how I was going to do it and how like I said how I was going to continue on uh last year uh uh, into this year you know Mm -hmm. I had to be more I had to strategize a little bit more and be a little bit more uh resilient towards the fact that I am looking for a particular sort of relationship with the people I'm putting out works with. And like Zach said, it's not really genre locked. It's not any sort of type of writing. It's not, you know, nonfiction, fiction, poetry. It's literally anything. I, I love all forms of it. And it's really what the author's trying to get across and how well they're trying to do it. And uh and how well we can do it together. And and now I'm going forward and making sure that everybody I work with is knows that I'm not doing this. That you I, you're the boss of your own book. At the end of the day, when you work with nihilism revised, it's not me. I'm here to work with you, and make sure that we do this right. But uh, you know, I also like to ask that people give me a chance at designing a cover and and giving uh, uh, the nihilism revised experience in its full capacity but if people don't want to do all that or uh it, it, leo like with your book uh it was it was a book that was completely conceived and built with uh within another press within hindered souls press mm-hmm. and that was something we didn't want to change whatsoever you know it was it had so much hard work and passion from people that came before and that were a part of that press and as a, a celebratory thing to sort of say hey you know hindered soul this is a hindered souls press release Mm -hmm. but you know that's what it was in my eyes it just happened to be nihilism revised uh put it out because of the the unforeseen circumstances that press had to to close but you know that was the the thing that made that release great is uh you know uh we we were friends uh, uh as well as uh Mr. Tapia, Manuel Tapia, mm-hmm. and uh, his friends with Zach and I, his, his friends of Nihilism Revised, as, as a press, we were friends. We supported one another. So it was a great symbiotic uh, coming together un, uh, under unfortunate circumstances, of course. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we ended up with a great book, and, and it wasn't something that was a Nihilism Revised Book at and, and, and all, and that was something that I was completely proud of. That was mm. something I wanted it to be what it was, and so there's there's those books that we've done in those certain uh, regards, but but they're not, they're few and far between. So I, I try to to uh, uh, present that to people the best I can, but uh, you know sometimes there's circumstances that, that say you know the, the the creative end is going to be uh, a sum of these parts, but. You know, that's uh, that 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 was uh, a release that I, I, I birthed a great relationship between you and I in hopes of, of building another book, a uh, release, oh, and as well as Mr. Tapia in hopes of building book releases and, and continuing our friendships and, and uh, collaborative efforts going. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's it's what's really
1: it, what really goes into that as well. It was. It was a thing of that so much work had gone into that book and so much work but specifically on the circuits in um, Manuel. Seeing MR go out onto the circuits and he was really like he was going out there he, he was pushing it. And he was he was crafting books going and it just it, 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 seeing it sadly in the circumstance, it was like it's not just about helping a brother out because we were approached separately from him and he Mm. said oh can you just give me a little bit of a blurb piece what you think of this and we kind of fell in love with the book itself so it was a no-brainer that there's this book that has been beautifully put together as it is nothing needs to be done about it except it just needs that publication button to be pressed down and it's no there was no concept at all or conversation of oh, we're going to turn this into a nihilism revised thing, we're going to give it a cover. No, not at all. And this is a really beautiful thing as well with current current collaborators, they are in a position where they release independent books themselves, they are publishers themselves but this shows the type of quality of character that that, that really appeals, I think, to Stephen especially that though they can go out and make this book themselves they want that NR treatment, they want that relationship and that bond and that experience of making a book having an SC design, having the cover and, you know, it's really, it's really come to a really, really lovely, positive place where those types of individuals are are the key notes in what really appeals.
0: Hmm. I, I. I. I mean, I can't remember when the news of Hindered Soul's press closing was. I think it was in November. Um. Mm-hmm. At which point I was like. I think I've got more pressing things to worry about. I'm not like, and yeah. and also this just seems par for the course. So I was like, all right, yep, that's also happening, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, <laughs> so when when uh, Manuel got in touch and he was like, oh, we're not going to publish your book, I was like, it's like it's all right, like don't worry, we'll 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 get we'll get back to this later. It sounds like we've both got other more pressing things to do with, but I could tell that he was really devastated. Like mm. that it was a real labor of love and he'd put so much effort into it and i felt it was my book and i felt even worse for him really i was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you know that's he he really had put so much effort into it and um then i thought well you know zach and sc said such lovely things about it It could probably be a nihilism revised That, that was my very first thought and i was like right well when i can get back to um you know send when i when i feel like it, i'll get back in touch with them and, and well, as maybe soon we can as soon as i up. found
1: out i'm kind of i'm without even going by steve and i kind of just said to you I like yeah we'll take it <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> yeah
2: but, <laughs> both of well, you that, once when we read it to blurb it uh we got you know it was one of those things when zach and i we were conversing and it was like man leo let, oh, he, we always talk about who people we would love to work with and after reading it was like man would it be great to have like this is a release we would love to put out Hmm. like oh man we were almost jealous of it you know (laughs) Um, that 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 it was like a hindered souls release uh uh, we were really happy as hell to see that you know it was there because they're they're, they were punk rock as shit so um but at the same time reading it it was like man this would be a, a writer i would love to work with a great a great guy and and I I I hope I don't I didn't send those words out to be a curse, but uh, in, you know in the end it, it was like oh well we get a chance to, to actually publish this thing, mm-hmm. oh, shit you know so it, it was it was it wasn't even a. a, a a question in my eyes because it was such a great release and and then on top of that like like zach said the the brotherhood and respect between uh hindered souls and nihilism and
1: it's always um, been there from the beginning it has always been it yeah. always been so so natural and it was it, it and knowing the states that you you in particular knowing what goes into setting up a publication house going through it and the emotion it was it was like it was that mind frame of is it, here's a book that we fell in love with we kind of were thinking man okay this is solidified a resolve we need to get leo somehow at some point mm-hmm. and then seeing a brother basically you know saying look i i need to focus on life i need to i need to shut this shit down it's um it was like i like I, it was a thing of brother in arms it's like don't worry we will we will pick you up and we will carry on what you've done and uh it's 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 those relationships that make this whole thing just what I love about writing and artists meeting you, Leo. Uh, mm. Kind of meeting you, Stephen. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I you're right a, You're right, you know, I
2: love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was it. That I, that moment. I mean, not, uh, to me, it was as somebody who, with Nihilism Revised, I, the, I, I couldn't. Uh, that, and and what I had gone through with with you know second guessing if I was going to take it forward or not, um, mm-hmm. there I I I'd come out with this renewed kind of uh, mentality of of yeah you know um, when I came out and said okay let's we're going to go forward, and then seeing what what Mr was going through and closing down the press, I to me it was it was I I could feel the pain and and de- devastation that goes into that because. It is very much a labor of love, uh, and you, when, when a press, an ind- independent press, is in this capacity, it's very much a labor of love. It takes a, a lot of time and effort, and that goes for anybody who's doing it, well, not just mm-hmm. uh, us. But I, uh, you know, so I could, you know, to me it was, it was, I was like, man, uh, that's got to be rough. That's gotta and- be one of the hardest things to do. And on top of that, you had a lineup of of, of great books ready to, to release, mm. uh, the, the kind that, that kind of needed, needed homes as, as he, as he had put it, you know, these, these need homes and because of our relationship around, uh, Jesus of Scumberg and with you, mm. it was just right for us. You know, we were able to do that, you know, it was right for the picking. And, and to mm. me, it re- fully embodied what, what this experience is about being a create, uh, being a, in the creative industry, uh, you know, doing the independent publishing thing was okay. One one of us happened to fall on our knees, but that doesn't mean that everything has to dissipate to dust because of it. Because there are allies and friendships that that can you know help each other out and 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 reach out that hand where possible and continue that that you know spreading the the, the cancer creation forward. Mm. Keep pushing it forward, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I I think it's it's so great. It was so fortunate that we had made this connection and in terms of publishers for Jesus of scumberg there was like Hindered Souls Press which has closed you guys. End of list. There's nobody else <laughs> would publish such a thing. That's a um the coolest thing that's Yeah. And I, I really um I, I think it's uh I, I'm so glad that you you know, that you loved it
1: so yeah it it's, it's of one of it's so, one yeah. of our favorites it's one of my personally it's one of the favorites that i've seen us put out it just it just it just looks so fucking good good on a bookshelf
0: <laughs> <laughs> i could listen to this all day by the way if you guys want to just keep
2: talking about how great my book is let's just leave it recording <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding hours, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all day
0: <laughs> <laughs> no sorry. Right. um
2: but um yeah no uh the that that was a beautiful thing because um now i don't i don't know if it's too forward but you know uh mr and and i have been talking he su- he's 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 submitted a book and you know it's birthed a relationship of, of us potentially working together mm. as well as uh you know leo you and i uh have talked about you know maybe doing something in the future yeah uh when when you've recovered from this release and already do a next one you know mm-hmm. and so it it birthed something beautiful it of added something that that was unfortunate you know okay. it, it it didn't stop anybody you know in in the end it didn't stop anybody from doing what it is they're 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 really best at and and so you know to me it was it, it as as unfortunate as it, as it is it, it, it ended up you know really forging some some great relationships. Uh, that that I, I'm positive will continue to go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's like, hopefully, this can be like a regular thing, even in an, in a, in a, in and out of recording or whatnot. Right, well, nice. I, I haven't spoken to Stephen live in about almost a year and a half. So. Oh wow. Because our, our communication is uh, it's 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 instantaneous, and we do videos. We just re- record videos, and then it, it finds us on that end. So basically, mm-hmm. he'll do them in his hours, and I do it in my hours. But we haven't actually had a live communi- communicado like this since fall 2017.
2: It's just been a steady exchange of videos throughout yeah. the years, <laughs> non-stop exchange. But uh, I would also, you know. But also like, uh, uh, to build off what Zach said and, and what I mentioned earlier, we're supposed to have MR tapia in this, and it'd be great to to have him, you know, to have to have another one of these conversations with him involved and to, to hear what he has to say, because I, I feel he would have added, you know, a whole lot to this conversation, especially towards the end of what we were talking about with him in mm-hmm. Soul Press and Jesus Scumberg. Yeah. And you know, and, and not to not to also mentioned he's a fucking wonderful author with who put out two amazing books i think it was two amazing books with his own press mm-hmm.
1: the die fi- yeah die fight experiment and uh sugar skulls
2: yeah, yeah. And, they're both and, great and works that definitely i would love to hear about but uh yeah i would love yeah. to do this and, and talk more about yeah
1: because it feels like it feels like once we get into one avenue of talking we just go 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 and we, we we forget like I, i've got like loads of questions myself like leo what are you working on steven what are, what what aren't you working on <laughs> <laughs> it's uh but no it's uh it's, it's well, i think nice. that could be
2: summed up right here you know <laughs> what are, are, leo are you working on
0: anything oh yeah i'm yeah, just a whole bunch of stuff that that gets a lot of you know
2: form rejections like always <laughs> it's just <laughs> how do you feel about the rejections do you do you get oh i always thought rejections were i always took them with a smirk and and a, and a little bit of a uh, you know i think i got them
0: oh yeah no i mean um there's this book coming out with flame tree press it's the urban crime anthology and they're like they're pretty difficult to get into those anthologies Um, oh that release looks so cool yeah so uh when i got in that i was like okay so i am capable of getting into this sometimes once i got that confirmation i thought all right well you have to choose when it's going to be enough right and i was like right that's enough for me so now when i get rejections i don't really care because i know that i at least was once capable yeah exactly and and i think that um do you know that that story that got into that book itself got form rejections earlier that year? So they really, when they say they mean nothing, they really do mean nothing. It's um, it's yeah. I think that I, I've been writing for like eight years. I've written a whole bunch of different stuff in in as many different styles and like pushing the limits of everything I can. If if there was a way to avoid them by now, I'm pretty sure in a non arrogant way. I just think I would have cracked it by now, and it can't be done. So it really, yeah. genuinely is nothing to do with um me or anyone who does get rejection um it, right. it it's like no information whatsoever it's not the best information which is an acceptance but right i don't know it sounds like what we were talking about in our conversation is just kind of going out into the world with these creative pursuits and thinking of it as this massive world of promise and then finding out that it's not it's not what you thought it was or something i don't know am i going pessimistic now it's just (laughs) yeah
2: well as i say it's pretty well it's pretty well stated uh you know um i know zach doesn't even bother because it's the frustration out of the that comes with the rejections and people just saying how much they don't understand the work and it's like who i know i don't want to speak on your behalf too much zach but in our conversations it was it just became a thing of what, you know what's the fucking point of sending these things out for rejections that i i have to sit here and almost fight to explain mm. you know because i know i know mm. a few of your rejections they they came with uh questions you know mm. almost that, that that led you to believe that if you answered these questions or clarified that the rejection would, would be an exception
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Only in the end to, to you know and, and that happened to both you and I and only in the end to, to be dropped, you know, have our acceptances dropped.
1: But mm-hmm. uh,
2: mm-hmm. I, I know after that it just became a thing of you know, what the fuck is the point? You know, uh why submit something I know somebody's not gonna understand? Why submit it to to that process, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it's, uh. it's, a lot of people have said to me, like, they've inquired, like, I have you got aspirations beyond Nihilism Revised? And I go, my whole aspiration is to remain with Nihilism Revised, because it's a place where I know that my work is going to be understood, it's going to be looked after, it's going to be nurtured. And it's, that's my only home, and my a Wendell, and there's no there's no oppression. There's no question. There's no there's no pitch. There's no doubt. It's um and ultimately with a lot of the writing myself, I'm asking big broad questions myself. And when fucking you're putting yourself through this process where these people need you to speak on the behalf of your art, you're like, well, let the art speak on its own. Uh, it gets it, it gets it's exhausting. And then we we've both been uh through that process where we've 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 submitted uh short stories and th- there's a muddied line behind who actually has control of the project so mm-hmm. we get we get the thumbs up. And then all of a sudden we are we we are our work is being mutilated or raped and it's like well I I wasn't I I thought it was accepted it's like no 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 and I'm going to take a forty page uh, story and turn it into one paragraph and it's like you in the face of it are expecting me to not react to this treatment and it got to the point of I don't I don't want to submit beyond. What I'm comfortable with, and Nihilism Revised is what I'm comfortable with and will always be as long as it's around. And it, when it's not around, there won't be any Zach A. Ferguson. There won't be any writing by me because there's no there's no one that I'd much prefer to cater for than yourself and those who get a kick out of what Nihilism Revised is doing. Hmm.
2: A, put nepoti- a lot of pressure on my shoulders there. <laughs>
1: oh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, nepotism, sycophancy, fancy. Oh, personification <laughs> of everything. it's being hates? So, what well,
2: you say these things, and I, I feel it needs to be understood that there's a, a great amount of self that uh, uh, you, you put a lot of yourself in. The nihilism revised to a point that you've, I I feel like you've sort of earned that, that placement, you know, you've earned it, you've, you haven't just been sitting around, you know, and letting me just pump out your, your work uh, while, while you sit back and smoke cigarettes and um, (laughs) do whatever British people do. Um,
0: (laughs) I don't think Zach is a good example of what British people do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, you put a lot of effort. Like you said, you put a lot of personal effort into the writers themselves, and and, and whatever those writers may have to say. I know uh, the process that went into it. I know the the doubts the the that people come in with, and and um and I know it's kind of hard to come into a press that's literally telling you that you're the boss of your own book, and mm-hmm. and you have complete unbound freedom. in in this experience. uh, A lot of people go, well, 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 wait, what? You know, Hmm. well, what about this? What about, you know, do you do this? Do you have these confinements? And really it's like, you have your contractual confinements, but anything beyond that, it's like, no, we're, we're putting this out to do whatever we want to do with it. So let's, let's go for it. And you were very much in in the trench you know getting people's minds open to the fact that what this is really about that you can actually go out and do something that is creatively unbound and get away with it and and so you put effort in into building this company as well as you you put a lot of time and effort into building the anthology with me and so in a lot of ways, you know, you you've earned that spot, you know, uh, to to have that position or to say, you know, without nepotism, I this is my home for my work, and mm-hmm. you know that 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 I feel that that should be known because you know there, there's not a lot of nepotism involved. You and I, you know, we've come to our we've come to our our blows, our verbal blows, our mental blows. Uh, uh, around our philosophies of of how things are going to be done Mm. and you know there's there's been blood involved not literal blood but uh not yet blood sweat and tears involved Mm -hmm. you know not not yet um but you know we've we've fought through releases together and so there's a lot of of you in nihilism revised enough for me to say you're very much my partner in crime Mm. you know And, and despite how many people coming to me saying, you know, what, what, what is Zach A. Ferguson's position again? What yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you don't really have to fucking listen to the guy, Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, if he tells you to go fuck yourself, it's not like a professional, you know, <laughs> just, go fuck yourself.
1: That
2: was <laughs> just Zach <Zacchaeus> A. <laughs> Ferguson.
1: Saying, fuck yourself. And then that's when they turn to you and say, uh, is this on the behalf of Nihilism Revised? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's on uh, that. That's Zach.
2: I, I
1: did not say for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, thank, you, thank you for those kind words. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, I've taken myself out of that position at this point because it, take, it, t- it took so much out of me. And so mentally and then the backlash, and it was a position of... I tried so hard to do my best for a, a, a myriad of ways. Sometimes my way isn't best. I'm a head. I'm a hotheaded pretentious. You're a human. And humans yeah. are a and you were expected to be perfect. Hmm. Yeah, I, tr- I, I, tr- I tried. then in, in the face of it all, it's uh, – I'm an implosive character, but then when people are coming across to you saying, "Well, you need to put your Zach on a leash," that's where you're like, "What? What world do you come from?" You know, mm-hmm. what
2: they- yeah, what, what <laughs> oppressive, you know, the society you live in? a <laughs> <laughs> man's free to speak on his own behalf.
1: And it, right. it, it's, it, it's not and my 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 position is never hateful, but uh, it's it's never hateful. It's always from passion, and it's always mm. from disappointment that i've 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 imbued so much of what my my philosophies my belief my passions than in the face of it, these people just want to move on to the next click, the next community, the next fashion, the next hot thing, and the hottest thing at one point, And I'm not going to lie; it sounds narcissistic. It mm-hmm. was to 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 rip me apart. I saw loads of shit online like Oh, well, okay? I jumped
2: on that bus for sure. I ripped you apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that trend. I I I, would, I yeah, I got in on that trend hardcore.
0: Mm. Well, I, I added some I added some laugh emojis to some outrage about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, just, oh, like, it's that's all you can do that's all you can do it's hard not to and anyway, with that what are you working on zach what am i working on mm. I, I, i'm working on being a good person there you go. I'm working, there you on go. Being, I'm working on being a good boy. I'm working on um, not, not, not talking to anyone online.
2: Uh, with Zach, I, I feel like he he, he fucking thwarted his own, his own question because Zach does have something <laughs> to talk about called destroy your keyboard. A follow-up oh, yeah. to, to his, to his asshole go. move of, of a release. <laughs> Eat your keyboard. Mm. Um, as well as we're going to tame that release, Eat Your Keyboard for uh, uh, A anniversary edition, release or right. revised yeah. anniversary release. Yeah, two um, years. So yeah, we're getting Destroy Your Keyboard. Uh, I have it in my hands, so that's uh, I got. As well as we got designs going for that one. Um, so yeah, Zach, good job on on um, not not promoting that.
1: i I didn't even get into
2: a taste of (laughs) feeling so zach's up to things he's more than living and staying out of trouble he's getting plenty of trouble i've seen destroy your keyboard and it is plenty of trouble Mm -hmm. so
0: that's awesome and tell us about uh, sarin beggar it's available now
2: uh yeah sarin beggar is available now uh hopefully cheap for what it is um from all good coke stores (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. But um, yeah, that's available. And as well as I am currently working on my next uh, full blown uh, novel, which is somewhat of a cosmic crime uh, novel. So uh, that'll be coming out later this year. Well, I... (laughs) I look forward
0: to seeing what comes from the publisher next. I really wish I'd been able to read Saren Beggar before we had a chat, because I do like to do that. But, but there will hopefully. be many more of these chats to come, hopefully.
2: Um, yeah, uh, just real quick. Uh, yeah, we got a, a release from Nicholas Potnog coming, uh, coming up. Oh. May 26th. So that'll be Nihilism eyes next release, mm-hmm. called uh, Splatter Von Rainbow. Oh, great. And, uh, I believe then we'll be getting into Zach's destroyer
0: keyboard mm, that mm-hmm. big boy excellent yes. i love i love nick Patnod stuff it's it's
2: very yes, unique. That was, he was and he was nice enough uh as you know he's a pretty talented artist himself and and uh going back he was one that let me take over uh cover design and uh, let me build the book and have creative reigns on, on on the design end so it was a great collaborative effort and a, and a wonderful story so um, I'm really excited that for that one to release. That was uh, that was a good one.
0: Awesome. All right. Um, lovely to talk to you, gents. We'll we'll set it up again soon. Yes, yes sir. definitely. So that was Zach Ferguson and Essie Burke, both authors somehow associated with a thing called Nihilism Revised, which isn't quite publishing house. Uh, though books come out of it and uh, both of them put an immense amount of work into it and into their books the latest uh, from zach ferguson is a taste of feeling from sc e. burke it's sarin beggar i hope you'll check out both those books and the great work that's being done at nihilism revised as always if you are a reader listener writer something who has come across this podcast and you have something to tell me about it You can always get in touch with me using losingthepodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you. But that is all from me for now. So until next time, bye bye.